What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. When it comes to your pelvic floor, I can pretty much guarantee that there is quite a bit you don't know. Those common mom things like, you'll pee when you sneeze, pee when you jump on the tramp, sex will always be painful after you have kids. Yeah, that's actually not normal. It's common, but not normal, ladies, and should not be happening. So this is why I thought it would be very informative to have Dr. Natasha Fett on. She is a doctor of physical therapy and the owner of Engage Physical Therapy and Wellness here in Salt Lake City. She specializes in the pelvic floor and is working to redefine the culture of care for birthing in female bodies. Are you ready to get educated? Let's go. herself and we're going to jump into all things pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah. Tell okay. us about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Natasha Fett. I am a doctor of physical therapy. I live here in Salt Lake City. I own a business called Engage Physical Therapy and Wellness and we specialize. So I started out as an orthopedic physical therapist so I still do that okay. and then I also specialize in pelvic health. Um, I kind of subspecialize in pre and postnatal care. Nice. Which so, I love. We're going to dive deeper yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> How long has Engage Physical Therapy been around? When did you get started? We I started January 2021, so almost okay. two years. Wow. So congratulations. Still pretty new. Yeah, yeah thank fairly you. new, but yeah. like up and running. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. Have you felt like it's been easy to get your practice up and going, or has it been, I think it, it's been kind of a, to me, it's been kind of a nice gradual sort okay. of growth it which to me feels it feels authentic to me totally um I started out in my house and then Amazing. you know and yeah. eight months later moved into a small office so everything is just kind of yeah just kind of gradually and organically growing so that's nice yeah I feel like it would be a lot to just jump in and have like a huge practice to manage all of a sudden totally but to be able to kind of build your client base little by little and you know, build that rapport, and I'm sure word of mouth has gotten out, and you've just organically grown, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thanks. Um, so let's talk a little bit. You just were saying perinatal care. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something, obviously, on my podcast we talk about a lot. Yes. But it's something that many women and people out there are just undereducated about. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're even looking for and right. what they could be utilizing in the perinatal period. Yes. It really is so beneficial. Yes. Especially when it comes to their <laughs> pelvic floor. Yeah. So it is, it's gotten to be a little bit of a buzzword now, thank mm-hmm. goodness, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're not finding a complete uphill battle. But um, there are plenty of people that don't know what we do, don't know that this kind of help is out there. Even if they do have an issue, they don't know where to get the help. And mm-hmm. so, um, so basically, just kind of, kind of like taking you through. Yes, you know, take me through do. what you do. Yeah. Okay. So we, um, you know, depending on where somebody starts, a lot of people think, you know, 
I have to have an injury or I have to have an issue to go to PT or my doctor has to refer me to PT. None of that is true. <laughs> um, we are a direct um, direct access state, so you can go to see a PT if you want to, no yeah. matter, you know, don't yes. you don't need a referral. Um, likewise, you don't need to have something wrong. So we also do preventative care. Um, in, in my clinic, we do performance, so sport performance. Um, and for perinatal people, that would be like getting back to your sport, getting back to your activity, Very cool. getting back to running, exercise, any kind of exercise, right? So, um, so if we were to see, so I would say like in the perfect scenario, we would start to see someone in their pregnancy, during their pregnancy, or even before, mm-hmm. um, but at least, you know, getting to be like second, third trimester. Okay. Um, so that we can educate them on their pelvic floor and their core, um, how to take care of that in whatever it is that they do, if they're active people or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that, the reason that I suggest people going and starting when they're pregnant is because once you have had a baby, and you know we all know that you can plan as much as you want, birth plans don't always happen the way that you plan um but once you've had a baby it can be really really hard to know what to look for um so it can be hard to know what issues um you have or even you know what is my pelvic floor doing do i have a healthy pelvic floor Mm -hmm. is there something wrong yeah if you Um, have no baseline how can you know if there's a problem exactly so that's why i really really advocate for people to start when they're pregnant um we can also do, you know, even if people start earlier and let's say somebody likes to go to the gym and strength train. If they start when um, they're thinking of having or getting pregnant or early in pregnancy, we can, I have, I have a specialty skill set in strength and conditioning. So I can help them to continue to do those things yes. and continue to stay strong but also be taking care of their core and their pelvic floor. Which I love, like, because I feel like, and this is obviously my own personal opinion, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's such a, what's the word, just like a misunderstanding when it comes to exercise in pregnancy. Yes. Where it's like, no, you can continue to exercise and lift heavy things and, you know what I mean, know your limits, trust your body, like, feel things out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I remember when I first got pregnant with my first child they told me like well maybe don't start any new exercise and don't lift heavy weights and I was like no I go to like I do high fitness and like hit training like yeah I lift weights this (laughs) is what I do you know and I was like so concerned that I wasn't going to be able to continue my exercise yes but then it took like a little education and knowing what to look for and you know what I mean Mm -hmm. how to continue that exercise in the right way that totally changed you know the way I continue to exercise through my pregnancy exactly but I feel like so many women are so terrified Mm -hmm. to continue exercising hard or do anything more than like walking because they just feel like you know it's unsafe right when in reality if you do it right (laughs) you're fine exactly (laughs) exactly and and you know so many providers I think are still telling people like what you said like don't start anything new Mm -hmm. or and just because I feel like they maybe don't have that skill set of, of how to keep somebody safe. Yeah. Um, and so what I try to tell people is, you know, 
we are the doctors to help you with that, right? Yes, yes. Um, so we are movement specialists, and so we know the red flags to look for. We know like when maybe you should stop something, and so that's why I think that you know, and a lot of people will tell pregnant women, "Oh, just listen to your body," and it's like they're like, "But my body is completely new. <laughs> yes. I don't know what I'm listening to," yes. and so we're we are um, really passionate about helping to know what to listen to. Mm -hmm. This is what you should look for. This is totally safe. Let's look at your mm -hmm. form. Oh, you're, you're, you know, you're really taking care of your core in, in this way. Mm -hmm. how, are, how are you managing the load that you're lifting, that type of thing. Totally. So walk me through on like a client base what you would be doing. So would you be bringing a client in and like working through certain exercises with them to help them with their form or like what, you know what I mean? Like kind of walk mm -hmm. me through that. Yeah. So the first thing that I do normally is I, I ask people what kind of exercise they do. Mm -hmm. And um, I always incorporate that into the first visit because I, it's, it's movement that they know. It's movement that they like. It's movement mm -hmm. that they will do. And so we want to make sure, yeah, that they're managing the, the load, which really that means – so somebody could, you know, be able to – deadlift, you know, lift a barbell off the floor, like really heavy. Mm -hmm. But are they pressing out on their abdominals or are they bearing down on their pelvic floor? And all of that stuff, the, the abdominals and the pelvic floor, um, you know, go through so many changes and quickly when you're pregnant. And so you really want to make sure that you're, you're distributing the load mm -hmm. well. Um, so we look at, I also, you know, something that goes into that is looking at someone's breathing. And so that takes a lot of education, too, because a lot of people, if they're really active, they're like, why you want to look at that? Like, yeah. why are you making me do breathing yeah. exercises? <laughs> um, so we, we talk a lot about why. Um, but, yeah, so I always want to look at what, what they are doing already, um, making sure that those things look good, cleaning up anything that we need to. Um, if we think that internal pelvic, an internal pelvic exam is indicated, then we'll do that. Um, and we don't always do that. Sometimes it's not needed um, at times. And I can talk about like what that is too. Yeah, in, no, in you should. Please, please educate yeah. us. At times um, we can get what we need to get done without necessarily even doing that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we, if somebody has an issue such as, you know, I'm leaking a little bit when I sneeze or run or jump, then pretty much we want to see what's going on. Um, and so we'll do an internal exam, which an internal pelvic exam um, is not like going to the gynecologist. <laughs> Maybe similar, but I, I, I like to think that it's not quite as um, awful. But no. <laughs> True, though. We, and, you know, nothing against gynecologists. No, but no, no. We don't use an instrument. We just use um, one finger. And basically what we're doing is we're, there are muscles within your, you know, your pelvis, your pelvic floor muscles are like a sling. So they sit like a little bowl at the bottom of your pelvis. And so we go in with one finger in, inserted into the vagina and there are muscles in that pelvic floor that we can feel only by inserting the finger. So a lot of muscles you can feel externally. So sometimes we'll just do that and that's enough. Um, but if we do the internal exam, we do, there are three layers of muscles that we go in and we, basically what we're feeling for is, 
it, are they overactive, very tight and, mm-hmm. and, and really um, shortened and toned and tight um, or tender, um, in which case the treatment for that would be release work. So we do manual release work along with people will do um, breathing exercises, relaxation exercises, and you can do those in certain positions that will actually lengthen or stretch. Mm-hmm. You'll be in kind of a stretch mm-hmm. position. Um, and so we're looking for that. We're also looking for, we do a lot of strength testing, which we, we test strength, endurance, power, so speed and strength. And that speed and strength is, is like when you cough, right? So mm-hmm. it's How a really quick, quick yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're testing all of that. And then that's kind of where we'll prescribe exercise. And we're also testing, this is a big one that I think people don't really know about, is the coordination of the muscles. Um, so when you are coughing or when you mm-hmm. are jumping, when you are lifting something, are you contracting? Are you bearing down? Are you doing anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, and one really, I mean, something that is commonly thought that is, or I guess a misconception that you could say um, is that if you have prolapse or leaking, that it's always a weak pelvic floor, and that's not the case. Mm. So a lot of times we see that it's a really tight pelvic floor. That's interesting. Yeah. I feel so like I would have thought the opposite. Totally. I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, yeah, right? Like, okay, it's not working, it's leaking. Like, right. <laughs> you know, right. I don't know. And the way that I think the easiest way to think about that is, is that let's say that you have – so a tight muscle is not always a strong muscle. And it's usually not a happy muscle. Mm-hmm. And so if you had a, like a big weight in your hand, in your arm, and I'm like bending my arm, nobody can see me. But <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking about the bicep. Everybody knows what the bicep is. <laughs> so if you had, if you were holding a weight in your arm and your elbow was bent all day long and it was, you know, a shortened, contracted muscle, that would not make your bicep stronger. Mm-hmm. It would only make it mad and, mm-hmm. you know it could possibly be weak because it's not moving through its full range of motion. So healthy muscles need to move through their full range, their lengthened position and their shortened position. And so when we're thinking about those pelvic floor muscles, if they are overactive and really tight, then they're already at their like capacity of tightening, mm-hmm. right? So then if you add on top of that, jumping on a trampoline, they're not gonna be able to hold anymore. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's kind of how, that's probably that the easiest sense. way that I can yeah. explain yeah. how a tight pelvic floor could actually yes. That makes sense that. when you explain it that way. Yeah. And that can lead to um, prolapse symptoms as well. So, okay. yeah, that so we're looking good. for that a lot. And I, we have that a lot. I mean, I treat a pretty athletic population. Mm-hmm. Um, and athletic people tend to overly hold things in, you know. Yeah always holding their abs in and I'm like don't do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) everyone listening don't hold your core tight all the time that's not how it should work um but but yeah so um so the athletic population and then uh, add on top of that and one of my mentors talks about this is um the pandemic that we just went through stress is a huge cause of this you know just like everything is tense tense and tight all the time exactly yeah Mm. so how interesting. Yeah. So if you're working, say, with, like, the pregnant population, mm-hmm. do you see more, like, tight pelvic floors or more, like, loose and soggy pelvic floors? Yeah. It's a great <laughs> question. Like, 
a dumb question? No, no, I think it's a great question. So in the pregnant population, you would see, it, it, you know, I, I would say that you probably see similar to what you see in just a regular population, right? If okay. they were already tight, they're probably still going to be tight. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were already tight and then they start having symptoms because of the load of the baby on the pelvic floor, mm-hmm. they're probably going to tighten up more. Even more because mm-hmm. that's just what you would do. Yeah. Um, it's what your brain wants to do. Um, so you would see it, some tightness. Um, and so we we work through that with people because it is a good idea to get the relaxation before you are trying to push baby out, right? Yes. Yeah, that's one of the... I mean, anybody who takes a birth class mm-hmm. will be instructed <laughs> yeah. to, you know, to some extent of, like, the pelvic floor, and you want to learn to relax mm-hmm. it and, like... Yeah, help the baby engage and go down. You know? Totally, but you know, relax your pelvic floor if you have no idea what that even <laughs> means. Yeah, like you know. Yep. So walk me through how you train someone to kind of intuitively learn to relax their pelvic floor. Yeah, that's a, a great question because because we're doing that all the time. And you're right, a lot of people don't know how to do it. Yeah, and a lot of people can't feel that they're doing mm-hmm. it. Um, I have people that can feel themselves do a Kegel, can feel a tightening, yeah. but they're like, I can't feel myself relaxed. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is where the internal work comes in handy a lot because it's very good education to actually have something um, that you can feel. So mm-hmm. if you have, you know, at home you would use like a pelvic wand or some type of instrument. Yeah. At the clinic we're using our, our hand, and so someone can actually feel themselves tighten around your say okay giving different kinds of visuals okay like then just let go of my finger or try to push it out mm-hmm. some people need even a little bit of bearing down just to get to a relaxed yeah. state mm-hmm. um, so that tactile feedback is really good again or also visual cues mm-hmm. that we'll give people so um, a lot of people like picking up a blueberry letting letting it go mm-hmm. and I always joke and I'd say now it's a blueberry not a kettlebell because everybody <laughs> yeah, wants like, to go <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um so yeah uh, visuals um breathing the the um manual stuff and a lot of times it is it takes releasing manually those muscles in order for them to get relaxed and that's yeah. why some people can't feel the relaxation is because you know, if you're already super tight and you can feel yourself contract a little bit, but there's not a whole lot of like excursion, right? There's not a whole lot of movement in the muscle. So you're like, I don't really know. Am I relaxing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that so. makes sense. So with the manual massage, I guess, <laughs> massage yeah. is probably the wrong word, but the. But it's similar. It's, yeah. a, it's a good way for people to um, picture it. So if someone, say, is like really tight, are you like helping them? I don't like my question is kind of like in my head I'm imagining some sort of kind of pressure you're applying to help them feel the stretch in their muscle yes is that incorrect (laughs) no it's absolutely correct okay yeah so basically um and I say massage is a great way to put it although you're probably not feeling as relaxed and like like, zen it's not a massage (laughs) by no means (laughs) are you going into the spa but it is the same um concept so so some techniques that we do, and I think it's important to tell people because it's kind of a scary thing to walk into, yes, right? So to know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, for exactly. Sure. So if you, let's say it's for people to have a visual, if you made a circle with your thumb and your finger and you put your other finger in like that to a vaginal opening, 
and if you just press along like say where your palm is kind of the amount of pressure as if you were checking a tomato that's okay. how we go in at okay. the beginning because some people can be really tender mm -hmm. um, some people can even be triggered like trauma yeah. can be triggered yeah. and stuff so you get you go in pretty easily um, and so if if there's tenderness or tightness the starting point would be just to hold there mm. and to instruct people to breathe and so they breathe as they inhale they really want to feel that muscle like lengthening or opening picturing you know there obviously there are holes in your pelvic floor you know mm -hmm. you, you have your urethra and your vagina so you're, you're picturing like opening the holes okay mm -hmm. is, a, is a good visual too and so they're breathing and they're sending kind of relaxation to those muscles as you're doing that sometimes people can feel a release can feel um, the tenderness kind of dissipate mm -hmm. and then we can feel with our finger the muscle relaxing and lengthening a little bit and so you kind of can keep following it and getting a little bit more range of motion and more range of motion if somebody is very very tight and not being able to release then there's other techniques and a lot of people if they've been to physical therapy they've done these techniques with other muscles mm -hmm. like with their hamstring let's yeah. say but where you can do um, contract relax is one where you'll say, okay, now do a Kegel, squeeze my finger where, where my finger is, and they'll squeeze, and then you hold for about eight seconds, and then they release, release. and okay. then you can get more, more range of motion. So those are kind of some of the techniques. You can also go along the muscular fibers, so that's a little bit more like a massage, um, and that's a little bit like, like, like a strumming type of motion. Mm -hmm. um, so those are basically some of the, Very cool. the ways that we do it. Yeah. Okay. So switching gears a teeny yeah. bit, let's talk a little bit more about breathing and how breathing kind of goes into it. You talked about core for like two seconds, how yeah. you also work with that. And pregnant women, you know, they'll run into diastasis recti after, mm -hmm. after pregnancy, mm -hmm. especially if they're not aware of what they can do to kind of protect that core. And so I'm interested to know what you'd kind of train breathing wise especially with athletes and people who are maintaining a certain level of exercise, mm -hmm. kind of how you encourage them to pay more attention to that mm -hmm. as a preventative thing. Yeah. Um, so when we do talk about the core, it includes, you know, people think about your like six pack abs. It mm -hmm. includes the pelvic floor, mm -hmm. deep abdominal muscles, deep back muscles, so more stabilizing muscles, and then also the diaphragm, so the main muscle of breathing. Mm -hmm. And so all of that works together as a pressure system so it can control inch like abdominal pressure it can um, stabilize the, the trunk the spine as you lift something mm -hmm. um, or load it up in whatever way and so first of all we want to make sure that the diaphragm and the pelvic floor are moving the way that they're supposed to so when you take an, a breath in the diaphragm goes down in order to allow room for the breath to come in the pelvic floor should relax and also go down. So that mm -hmm. allows room for the organs in the abdomen to move down. Mm -hmm. And then when you exhale, you should there should be a gentle lift of the pelvic floor. And again, it's not taking on a kettlebell. Usually it's not even yeah. contracting. It's just coming back to resting tone. Mm -hmm. The diaphragm moves up. Everything is, the air is pushed out. Um, so we want to make sure that that's coordinated. And so mm -hmm. we check that first. Um, and then... As far as sort of making that whole system work well for someone, um, especially as their body is changing, we want to make sure that the ribs are moving well. And so that means in 
360 degrees front to back side to side um and that we see that a ton people that don't really move their ribs when they when they breathe in Mm -hmm. or they move them just up with their shoulders or yeah Yeah. so they should move out like a balloon um and then we want to make sure so there's a there's a little bit of a, a push and pull or a balance between mobility and stability for that whole system and we're mm-hmm. still talking about the entire system pelvic floor diaphragm core yeah. muscles yeah. um and so we want to look at you know what happens when we do like a core exercise right like a dead bug like you're laying on your back you're moving your your legs mm-hmm. are you, do you have a bunch of pressure coming out of your abdomen do you are you bearing down on your pelvic floor um or can you can we even instruct you to um contract your pelvic floor and your deep core so that you are stabilizing well. Um, and so we want to make sure that whole system is working together so that when your body's going through all these changes and all of a sudden you have this weight in front of you, yes. um, pulling like your back into this. Pulling you out arch, of whack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that you, that you're able to keep maintaining that stability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, did that answer your question, or do yes. I need to? No, okay. no, no, totally. I feel like that. I feel like that totally made sense in my brain of the way oh, that I'm picturing, you yeah. know, how how you're involving core work into understanding your pelvic floor because truly they are all connected. Totally. And being able to be in tune enough to know when you've passed the like stability line mm-hmm. of like, oh wow, okay, this is not doing the job that I needed to do for me. You know, this muscle group yes. or something. Yeah. But I do feel like a little overwhelmed in that it'd be kind of hard to know and be in tune with all these different muscle groups. Do you find clients come in and be like, how do I like take it all in? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause, and especially it's a lot to think about and, and then you're cueing all these different things and they're like, okay, my head's exploding. <laughs> so yeah, you have to yeah, kind of. They're just like, wait, yeah. how do I even begin? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, there's different ways I think to get, to get to something if, if someone can't necessarily feel those muscles contract, I mean, there's always easier exercises for one. Yes. There's always, you know, let, well, put your hand right here and like, and let's let's breathe. Let's let's mm-hmm. see if you can contract this without this. You know, can mm-hmm. you do pelvic floor without squeezing your butt? Right. Yeah. Like those things yes. like that. Um, so we can break it down really, really um, granular. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes, I mean, you know, you kind of have to know who you're talking to. Sometimes it's like, okay, hold this resistance band in this way and just make sure your hips don't turn, mm-hmm. right? And then I know that they're contracting the right muscles because sometimes, and especially in the athletic population, if mm-hmm. you're like, hey, we're going to do a core exercise, they're like, <laughs> like, yeah. like somebody's about to punch them yes. in the stomach, right? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't need that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a yellow band. <laughs> yeah, you're like, light Yeah, this is like you're holding a shoestring right now. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it kind of just depends. And one thing that I really love that I learned actually in my Pilates training, because I'm also certified in Pilates, is cueing oh, cool. where the bones are, which is what I was just talking about of like, hey, keep, keep your hips square. Mm-hmm. And then people tend to not over-recruit muscles and so if they're stabilizing while they're being pulled in one direction or while you know they're moving a limb then generally they're contracting the right Mm -hmm. muscles Um, but we would look for again that pressure out of the abdomen or 
or things like that. So if somebody, and back to your, um, you had mentioned diastasis, so that the separation of the abdominals, and that happens to every single person that's pregnant, which you, mm-hmm. I'm sure know, because mm-hmm. um, it has your, your... You have to make room. Yeah, you have to make room <laughs> for the baby. It's all about kind of how you heal. And one of the um, really important aspects of that healing is how are you managing the pressure? How are you managing load? Are you, you know, every time you, if you're... Does everybody know what a dead bug is? Dead bugs are when you're laying on your back and your <laughs> knees like are this. up and you're you're tapping your feet down. That's like one one version. So if you're doing that and you have this really hard, you know, doming out in your abdomen, it's not the greatest for healing, you know, a diastasis, let's say. Um, and maybe you're not recruiting those really deep muscles well. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to make it worse just by doing a dead bug? No. So, yeah. like, we can stop fear-mongering everyone with that. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, we can also um, teach you how to manage the pressure yeah. better so that yeah. when you're, you know, lifting your toddler and or the huge stroller or whatever yeah. it is, yes. that, that it's a little bit better. Yeah. Yes. No, I think, I think that um, that, again, is one that is kind of undereducated. Just women, just, they're like, you'll hear diastasis recti, and then it's like, this fear around, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to develop this if I do X, Y, Z, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, there are things that you can do to prevent that ever even, you know, becoming more of a problem than just the normal growth of your uterus, right. you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, knowing that you, as a provider, are meeting your patients, like, or your clients where they're at, I feel like that is so huge. It's, yeah. it's okay, if you have this basis of understanding, like, I'll start with this language and this exercise. Yeah. But if you are starting at like base zero, like you're going to meet me there. And that's, yeah. I just, as a prospective client, that would be huge for me yes. to know that, yeah. you know, my doctor's going to see where I'm at and meet me there because I just can see the trajectory of my, you know, outcome being really overwhelming. Definitely. If all of a sudden sure. it was like all these words you don't understand and these movements that you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to break it down nice and easy anybody can manage their pelvic floor definitely absolutely and i'm not always the greatest at it but sometimes i have to go okay wait (laughs) you're like we're backing up let's just back up (laughs) which is good but i'm fine with that that you can back it up and be like wait yeah there's a better way to explain that yeah yeah and people don't mind that people are like okay cool (laughs) people appreciate that you're human and you're like wait (laughs) hold on (laughs) exactly (laughs) which we were laughing before we're like we're both moms to six month olds our oh, brains yeah. are out the window half the time so i'm like sorry if nothing we're even saying makes sense because you know where our brains are yes um but let's talk now actually a little bit about your own pregnancy and experience because you know i feel like as a birth worker myself like you go into your own pregnancies and your labors and delivery and you you think you know everything you're kind of like oh i've seen it all yeah like i've experienced it oh we've been there before like right it'll be fine yeah but you going in as this pelvic floor physical therapist and then feeling like, you know, you weren't even sure how to engage those muscles and so on. You can go into it more. But, like, yeah. I can imagine that was kind of <laughs> an odd experience. It was crazy. It yeah. was absolutely crazy. I mean, what's funny is, you know, when you say, I think, oh, I've seen it and I, I know it all. I told my midwife that I didn't want to hold my breath when I start pushing and 
she pretty much laughed. (laughs) She was like, well, good luck with that. (laughs) Um, But I never got to that stage. Um, I labored for about, I want to say it was about 11 hours, and my baby's heart rate kept dipping too low, and um, I wasn't progressing, so I wasn't dilating um, past, I want to say, six centimeters. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and, you know, just... I just kept hearing this heart rate, you know, and I'm like listening yeah, to it and I'm like, Oh my God. And so it was very, very stressful, but, and they did all kinds of things and, um, along the way broke my water, put water back in like all this different stuff. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, I ended up having a C-section, um, and it was not an emergency, which I'm grateful for, but you know, there was a point where they came in and they are like, okay, we took you off the Pitocin, which made the heart rate better, but you're not progressing. So we can put you back on it, but then it might be an emergency. And I'm like, no. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> let's like, just get the baby yeah. here safely. I was like, I am not. And I, my midwife knew that I was not against intervention if it was needed, but yeah. I wanted to know the options and I wanted to, you know, I wanted yes, the. be informed. Yeah, I wanted the information. Um, and so, you know, when they came in, I, I kind of, for about probably two hours I was like they're probably going to mention c-section at some point like when mm-hmm. when is this going to happen and so um the midwife came in and and said I think we need to talk about bigger picture and and told me all the things that I just said about the Pitocin and this and that and um she said I'll leave the room and let you guys talk about it and she left the room and I was like yeah get her out yeah. like <laughs> I don't want to listen to her heart rate like this is too yeah. I was like I am not I, I was, I personally, and I know this is not everybody's story, but I personally was not um, attached to any birth outcome um, or birth plan. Yeah. I, I had what I thought would be cool. But I was oh, like, totally. I was like, yeah. make that, get the baby out safely. Like, yeah. that's all I care about. Um, and so I, I do feel lucky in that, um, just that I think it it was a lot to process, but I think it probably was a little bit easier than, than say, some people. Um, so I like to be sensitive to that because I know that, you know, yeah, that's not abso- the case. No, absolutely. And I everybody. feel like it's so important to, you know, definitely mention that everyone's experience is different. Everyone yes. holds different feelings towards their experience. Totally. And, you mm-hmm. know, have different hopes. But for you, that's what works, and that's fantastic. You yeah, know? yeah. And so, so I had the cesarean, and then um, – after you know i'm i am who i am and i'm like okay like i'm gonna start you're like doing my breathing you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i remember sitting on the edge of the hospital bed and i was like oh my god i can't feel my pelvic floor and i'm like i didn't even have a vaginal birth and i can't feel my pelvic floor and i was already very passionate about helping pregnant and postnatal people but at this point i was like this is my mission now. Like, like this I, is my calling. yes, I have to get, and not only, um, you know, helping perinatal people, but I have to get people in before they have a baby. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy how it is all connected and it doesn't matter what type of birth you go through. There is a rehabilitation process. There is a healing process and, I think that, you know, as a, I know in our country, I just don't feel like it, it's given as much 
credit as it deserves, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was so very surprised and I had, I mean, I was so very happy with my care, but I was still very surprised that there wasn't a PT that came around. Totally. I mean, every other surgery you get a PT coming in being like, hey, here's how you do this. Here's how you do stairs. Here's, You know, and I was like, I knew, you know, I was like, people should be instructed how to roll over in bed, how to sit up from bed, like after mm-hmm. this major abdominal surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that was, um, that was eye opening, you know, and I, I was like, we could be educating these people before they even go in, you know, yeah. and that's not only for cesarean birth, like you, you can still oh, yeah. protect, you know, your abdominals and your pelvic floor by having all of this like yes. mobility education and stuff. So um, I think that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be birth plan specific necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot that you can do for just anybody. Um, so yeah, when I was like, I can't even feel my pelvic floor. Like I'm the most aware of all time. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, oh, how do I need to educate these people? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you always hear like, oh, it's all connected. It's all connected. And then you really feel that and you're like, whoa. You're like, it is all connected. Yeah. <laughs> So with your typical postpartum clients, Mm -hmm. what are you helping them kind of look for, those red flags or anything like that that you're going to help them like work through in those first postpartum months where you're helping them heal their pelvic floor a little bit after this nine months of carrying a child? Right. Um, Well, one thing is that I think one of the first things that comes to my mind is that we, that I want to try to make sure that people aren't afraid of certain things so we want to talk about kind of you know here's a normal trajectory for you know not really feeling quite right or you know um not being able to feel what's happening Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um sometimes people will even have a little bit of leaking for you know the first six or eight weeks it's when things last longer than that 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 you know we are concerned with the pelvic floor Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, as far as, and, and do you want me to answer as far as like the pelvic floor is concerned or as far as like exercising or not? You can kind of do both. Because <laughs> with exercising or not, and then that's getting into kind of a whole other can of worms, but you're looking at kind of, um, you know, symptoms such as like dizziness, um, increased bleeding, because, you know, mm-hmm. nobody talks about this, but you bleed <laughs> from for your weeks. uterus for weeks and weeks. Um, and so if any of that is increasing and that's one reason not to start back exercising too soon or like Mm -hmm. high intensity exercising too soon any other time that you have literally internal bleeding who's going to be saying oh you know it's okay just go Go run run those six miles (laughs) exactly so um so that's one reason that you don't want to start too soon um so you want to keep it pretty you know gentle and low um intensity um so we're looking for kind of blood pressure signs, um, dizziness, nausea, any of the kind of normal mm-hmm. like stopping exercise signs. Um, and then pelvic floor wise, uh, looking for, you know, are you having any leaking? Are you having any pressure? Feeling like uh, some people describe it as they feel like their vagina is falling out or they feel like a, they have a tampon in that they don't. Mm-hmm. So that would be symptoms of prolapse. Um, pain, excess pain or increased pain with exercise. And so what I think is so valuable when it comes to that is, is having a PT and having a relationship with one because some pain is going to be normal 
and some pain you do need to worry about. And Mm -hmm. it's really nice to have somebody to bounce that off of so that you know that what you're doing is safe and you're like, okay, like that's, that's a amount of pain that is just because things are the way they are. It's not, it's not dangerous. Normal for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, so we're looking for that pain, how, you know, how much, how little pain, um, those are the big ones, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I did have a client who had a good amount of pain, and then she had to have a procedure. So, it, you know, there is a, an, an, an amount of pain that is not normal, per se. Yeah. Um, another thing that, and I guess I'm getting away from red flags, I guess, but um, one thing that I definitely liked to tell people, and one reason to get them in, when they're pregnant or really early, which is hard to get someone in early in postpartum because your life is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's the last <laughs> thing you're thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm in survival mode. I'm sleeping for two hours. I'm trying to keep a child alive. Yeah. Um, but is that there are things you can do in that first six weeks. And like, you know, what we're talking about, the red flags, we want to tell you about those, but they just tell you don't do anything and it's like well there are things that you can be doing to make your body feel better mm-hmm. to start the healing process to i mean even the breathing exercises we talked about how yes. important that is in trying to get that coordination yeah. um and that's not going to damage anything right like you're not totally. going to damage anything by your breathing totally and then thinking about like breastfeeding or bottle feeding you're you know you're in this position that's like even worse than working at a desk all day and Seriously. you know you can you can really kind of keep your body feeling good and you don't have to just not do anything um so i just went off on a tangent sorry no no but like a totally <laughs> valid one where i think like when you put it in perspective it's like you spend all these months with a doctor who's going to be your delivering provider and then we have like one follow-up appointment at six weeks. Yeah. Sometimes at two weeks if you're mm-hmm. lucky. Sometimes at four if you have an issue. <laughs> and like six is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have any more appointments. Yeah. But then to have a physical therapist who maybe you've worked with a couple times while you've been pregnant mm-hmm. and then kind of come into this next period, the fourth trimester, mm-hmm. and work with them, you know, pretty routinely in helping your body heal. Like, right. It just feel like right now there's such a gap in care. Yes. And this is like the perfect little insert where yeah. it's like, this is the next step. Mm-hmm. You need to spend this time healing your body because you just spent nine months transforming it mm-hmm. to grow a human. Totally. You know, and I feel like it just kind of gets brushed to the side and it's yeah. like, well, you'll be fine. What? Like, yeah. Sneezing <laughs> and leaking while you're laughing. Like, it's normal. And it's oh, like, gosh. I know. No. But... Like, that's not normal. I know. It happens yes, because yes. you've had a baby, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it normal. Correct. You know? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't like people. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so crazy what we've just kind of normalized. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, and you said, like, it just gets brushed to the side, and I feel like the mom just gets brushed to the side. And, yes. And it's so easy for us to do that to ourselves as the mom, too, because yes. it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm keeping this tiny human alive. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm really, you know, I really want to advocate for just the expectation that your body should also be taken care of, you know. Yes. Um, and, you know, that stuff isn't normal, and, and it is good to, you know, continue the care. And what I tell people is that the six-week clear is 
is not a bad thing, but it's also not a clear just to do whatever you want. And there's, like you said, a huge gap. And it's just like that six week clear is are your tissues healing properly? Are you on track? Right. That it, that doesn't even mean that the integrity of them are back to where you should be going back to CrossFit or, you know, whatever yes, it might be. Yes. Um, and so so I think that just the rehabilitation part I think needs more more attention than it gets. I totally agree. And yeah. this can be, if you have anything else, obviously we can continue talking, but one of the final things that mm-hmm. you mentioned kind of in your notes that you sent me before we chatted was just kind of the importance of like identity and like the mental health that goes along with yeah. you feeling like your body is in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you said, as a new mom especially, you kind of put yourself on the back burner yeah. because you have so many other things you're trying to juggle, mm-hmm. like your newborn baby being number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you as like a provider for a client, how are you helping them kind of maintain that sense of self and like identity and like, I am an athlete if that's what they were right. before or like a strong athletic person, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How are you helping them get back to there? Yeah. And I, th- yeah, I think that's a h- huge of it and it, and with any injury honestly yeah. right um, is that they lose that sense of identity if they if they identify as a runner let's say and you know all of a sudden they go to their run group and they're like oh I have to wear black pants now because I pee every time I run yeah. or you know it can be really embarrassing yes. or they may just stop or they might be told to stop which mm-hmm. is like insane don't mm-hmm. let anyone tell you that <laughs> um, but I think a lot of a lot of what I do is and we do I should say is manage people's expectations about like how long it might take for one but also giving them that hope and and saying you know I mean it's not oh let's wait until this timeline to get back to your thing let's get you to a certain point where we feel like the tissue integrity is there and let's play with it let's try you know, 30 seconds of running, two minutes of walking or, mm-hmm. you know, so let's like try to incorporate it as quickly as possible. That's safe mm-hmm. um, while strengthening the rest of your body so that, you know, that's one big thing. I'm like, why are we only giving somebody Kegels? Those muscles aren't the only ones running, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you know, and yes. so we, we want to look at what's happening in the rest of the body. So they kind of feel like they are working toward that, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. even if you know, for this next few weeks, you're going to just be doing these really specific strength training things. They're very specific to running, you know, and then I'm going to give you running drills and we're just going to make sure that those symptoms, those pelvic floor symptoms aren't coming in. So I think in one way we, we try to get them back to at least know that they're working toward that as Mm -hmm. quickly as possible. Um, I think that that is so important for mental health. Another thing is that I have to kind of acknowledge the fact that having the time to do any of this is qu- a, quite a privilege, right? And mm-hmm. not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one thing that I feel very strongly about and, and that I try to consider with everyone is, especially in those early months or early weeks, giving them uh, strategies of how to fit some of this stuff in. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can do this while you're feeding your baby. You know, yes. you can do this. You know, while you're holding your baby. Yeah. I even have like a video of myself. I was literally breastfeeding, 
and doing like this kneeling breathing stuff. It's like that's amazing. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's ways. Instagram? Yeah. Okay, follow her on Instagram, yeah. <laughs> guys. All the tips. <laughs> We're engaged PT Utah. Okay, yeah. love it. Yeah. Okay, amazing, Natasha. Well, Thank is there you. anything else you'd like to add? No, I mean I don't think so. We um, can I plug something? Yes, of course. <laughs> Please do a plug for yourself. Everybody, go check out Engage PT and Wellness. Yes, Engage okay. PT and Wellness. Um, everything is Engage PT Utah. That's our website and our Instagram. Um, we have a new program coming out that, and this is, you know, everything that I've talked about, this is how I'm encouraging people to start yes. in pregnancy. So we start um, someone in the third trimester, and this program goes all the way to the 12th uh, week postpartum. Wow. And so it's highly individualized. Um five visits one of the visits is early postpartum in-home visit so yeah and so that's when like I don't think people know how amazing that is (laughs) amazing yeah and um and any of them can be virtual as well um but the in-home visit I think is so it's it's one of the most valuable things in this program because we can go in we can look at your home setup we can say this is how you you know carry the baby around safely this is how you do put them in the crib safely or whatever Mm -hmm. and then we can go over those first six weeks exercises that we already went over but we can tailor them to what actually happened in your birth yeah and then we can go over them with you so that you feel safe doing them which I think is huge Um, so yeah five visits um, online programming um, access to us whenever you need so it's super valuable and we're doing um, the first cohort as kind of like a beta, you know, mm-hmm. um, for half price. So you can Amazing. find all of that stuff on the website too. Well, check it out. <laughs> I wish I was having a baby. <laughs> well, friends, I hope after listening to Natasha, you learned more about the muscles of your pelvic floor and how they work, but also now have a commitment to take better care of your pelvic floor. As women, our bodies are so unique. Doctors like Natasha Fett are redefining the care model for us as females and birthing women, which is just so needed. As she mentioned, if you are pregnant or thinking of becoming pregnant soon, look into their new perinatal physical therapy program. I'm sure that it is one of a kind and bound to be just incredible. If you're not already, check me out on Instagram at undereducated.pod. Give me a follow and, of course, catch us here next week for another episode. Mm -hmm.